0: Things Basketball Podcast. This is a quick episode. I'm not going to get into a extremely long one. This is just me reacting in the middle of the day uh, to the game that happened last night between the Warriors and the Lakers. It was, I told you guys, I literally, I told everybody that I could. I posted it on my personal account. I said it on this pod last night that the Lakers were going to lay an egg in this game. It was so predictable to, to see what I saw. Now, I'm going to admit, first quarter comes along. Even the second quarter comes along. And I'm thinking, man, you know, the Lakers are proving me wrong. They start this game, you know, they're, LeBron's hitting shots, which is always a good sign because we know he can fall in love with jumpers, especially at this stage in his career. He has become just a mid-range pull-up guy, a three-point chucker, just not getting to the basket like he used to, even though when he does do it, he's literally unstoppable I, mean, I don't even know what his efficiency is what his numbers are from the advanced stats side of things when it comes to him just driving into the lane um it's still so easy for him so you know i understand it's taxing i understand it just takes a lot out of him uh obviously he's much older he's not as athletic as he used to be but just to see how su- how successful that his drives have been All season long and even in the playoffs when he does decide to that it just it hurts my soul to watch him just be bigger than everyone else still be quicker than a lot of people out there. Honestly, when he gets that head of steam, it's crazy when he gets some momentum and he catches a pass as he's running down like when he's sprinting off the ball and Schroeder finds him or Anthony Davis finds him or Hachimura or whoever of the Lakers players finds him in stride. It is crazy how quick and and how fast just that momentum that LeBron can get when he's getting to the rim. So, clearly, he's still able to do it. He just picks and chooses more than ever before. But, like I said, the Lakers started off really well, especially LeBron. You know, this game was looking like, whoa, you know, Lakers came out in the first quarter and pretty much dominated. They looked way better. Warriors looked out of whack, really. They, They look like this was going to be an ugly game for them, and obviously, they were defending Steph so well, keeping a body on him, the switching was really good on defense, making sure that he does not have any freedom, and we start to see Clay have a crazy game, little by little, and, you know, just out of nowhere, the Lakers effort is over, right, and that's, it's crazy, because it this was different, you know, usually, the Lakers mail it in in the first quarter, right? Like when they're, when they're just mailing a game in, when they lay an egg, they do it right away, right? Like you already, you can tell from the first couple of possessions that it's going to be a Laker loss for the most part. And in this game, it, they laid an egg, but they played really well to start the game. So that was really mind-blowing to me, you know? It was, and again, it's it's so predictable uh, to see what Anthony Davis does in this game or, or, or what he doesn't do in this game, like... 11 points 32 minutes. That's it minus 22. I mean like what who I don't understand They show a graphic of of an Anthony Davis stat line. I think it was like by the third quarter I don't even remember but they show his 38 points from game one and then they show his 11 points in game two And I had to post that on my own account and say that's the most Anthony Davis stat line of all time like if you wanted a picture just like a little a little peek into what anthony davis has been for the lakers that's literally the two nights that will display how he's been for the lakers he gives you 30 he gives you five he gives you 20 he gives you 10 he shows up he doesn't show up i don't i don't know what it is with this guy i i have never hated watching a player more than Anthony Davis, honestly. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is like right there. Like these two guys are are equally frustrating to watch, I guess you could argue, but I would say Anthony Davis is even more frustrating to watch than DeAndre Ayton because DeAndre Ayton doesn't do the things that Anthony Davis does, right? Like Anthony Davis will dominate an entire game, right? And versus DeAndre Ayton will maybe dominate a quarter. Maybe he'll give you half of a quarter. Maybe he'll be pretty good all game long, right? But, like, you don't get those performances with DeAndre Ayton. You know, Anthony Davis will show you he can cross up guards. He can hit fadeaway shots when his shot's falling. He can knock down threes, except for in recent memory, he hasn't been a good three-point shooter at all. But he's obviously shown the ability, the skill set, just the post moves, just the domination on defense. Like, he has shown everything. And that's why, to me, he is way more frustrating to watch than DeAndre Ayton. I hate that I had to turn this into DeAndre Ayton, but it's like he's just one of those players that you just never know who is coming to play. You don't know what version of of Anthony Davis you're getting, you know? I can deal with not knowing the version of LeBron because he's older, you know? And, And even then, even on a bad LeBron game... Uh, this was actually a really good LeBron game in terms of, you know, the stats and and you're looking at, you know, the jump shots. 37% from three, you know, three for eight, which is really good for him. Uh, 10 for 18 from the field. A lot of those were mid-range jumpers. LeBron was fine in this game, you know, but obviously once it gets out of hand, you got to be smart and just pull the guys out, right? Like just give them the rest they need because clearly they were out of gas. I mean, but I just, one of the things that I could not get over is... I understand that Klay Thompson and Steph Curry are two of the best shooters in the NBA, right? When they're on, and Steph, even when he's not on, best shooter in the league. But, you know, if if Steph is on the bench and Klay Thompson is out there, how is Klay Thompson getting open looks? He was getting open looks all night long. You let Klay Thompson get started early in the game and I'm thinking, okay, fine. If we're doing this well on Steph... Right? Then maybe Clay has to get the looks he's gonna get, right? It is what it is, but not when Steph is on the bench. You know, I'm looking at wide open three after wide open three for Clay Thompson, and Steph isn't even out there. So that's unacceptable. If one of those guys is missing, we should be having all the ball pressure on the other. You know, you wanna tell me, hey, when they're both out there, it's a tough cover? Yes, exactly. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying if one is out, the other one has to be the prime focus of your defense. You can't let them cook if they are alone out there, you know? And it's just, there are so many ways the Lakers can go about this, and they go away from what works more than any other team I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I'm watching Anthony Davis in game one, dominating the paint. I'm watching LeBron dominating inside, you know? And and, and LeBron had a horrible first game, right, shooting-wise. Um, But he had a good defensive game. Anthony Davis had an amazing defensive game. But then it's like, you start to see the shot chucking. You start to see Anthony Davis not really have it. You know, just walking around, doing what he does on those bad games. And I don't understand it. Like, this has to be, to me, one of the hardest teams, specifically Laker teams, that I've ever had to watch in my life as a laker fan i never know what laker team is gonna be here right like and that's the same that you could say about d'angelo russell You know, one game, and he's been really good in the playoffs recently, honestly. I I can't take that away from him. He has been a really good shot maker recently, Um, but even he's been one of those guys his whole career that you don't know. You know, is he going to have bonehead plays? Is he going to be good? It's really a mixed bag. He's really a lottery. Um, You know, Rui Hachimura, you wasted a really good Hachimura game. Four for six from three. You know, I'm, I'm looking at just a good game from Hachimura. Uh, Obviously, Dennis Schroeder did not have a good game. Uh, He gets away with a flagrant foul that they didn't even call. I don't know if you guys saw that. He's like pulling uh, Draymond Green's leg coming around the corner. You know, you get a bad Malik Beasley game. I mean, this was an awful shooting night from everyone else. You know, I'm looking at 29% for three. The Lakers are expected to not shoot well from three and they're expected they have the hide advantage in this series so why do they start these games trying to play a different way you know what's working why do you go away from it you know this is a rant episode because it was the only game that happened last night you know and, and it's frustrating to see a team with hide advantage give that up with shot with shot taking like it, it I mean if you're the Warriors you are so happy that LeBron is standing out there shooting mid-range jumpers shooting threes you see Anthony Davis just a lack of of involvement just no energy no no desire to just take the ball and get in there I don't you know I don't care if there's three Warriors players inside Anthony Davis needs to get in there and draw some fouls you know I don't know what the deal is with that guy you know it's it's really annoying um, you know, and Jared Vanderbilt, God bless his heart. This guy, you know, he makes a three, uh, one out of the two threes he takes. Obviously, not a guy that's gonna make shots, but man, this dude, he is all over on defense. He is just scrappy. He is so good for the Lakers. And I watched a play where I forget who landed on his leg. Uh, it kind of like bent his knee. And this guy is just made of like iron. You know, he he didn't even come out of the game after that. He just he kept playing. You know, they, the Lakers pick him up and he's out here hustling right away. This guy is so important to this Laker run that I'm really happy about the trades they made. Um, obviously, this team looks way better than what they did in the middle of the season. But again, if, if your only advantage against these Warriors is, well, you have a couple of those, obviously. It's your length, it's your depth, and it's your defense. You know, you gotta use those three things because guess what? The Warriors are gonna come at you the same way every game. There's going to be dribble handoffs at the top with Draymond. There's going to be some Spain pick and roll action. There's going to be side pick and rolls, high pick and rolls. And they're just going to spam that until they get a decent look. That's going to happen all game long. So all you, all the Lakers really have to concern themselves with is you got to defend the three-point line better. You guys have the length. You guys have the versatility. How are the Warriors getting so many open threes? There's only one answer to that question. I'm not saying that the Warriors are, are they're obviously the, the best three-point shooting team in the NBA, but if you're giving them open threes, I mean, I, I, there is no way that that's acceptable. Like, if they're making contested threes, it is what it is. You know, I mean, you can't do anything about that, but they're getting such good looks, And I'm just not seeing the effort. And I even, I told you guys, the effort was going to be a question in game two. Now, aside from this rant, the Lakers were terrible. Okay, they were terrible. The effort was not there. These guys gave up at the half. But um, I want to give credit, obviously, to the Warriors. They came out and I said that they would either have to shoot better. I, I mean, this is exactly, this is exactly what I said on the last episode. For the Warriors to win this game. They're either going to have to shoot just as well, which was elite in game one or better. And the Lakers effort just has to be terrible, right? Because they shot 40% from three in game one and they still lost that game, you know? So them shooting the same would mean the Lakers would have to just not have the effort. Now, in this case... They shot even better from three. They shot 50% from three and the Lakers effort was terrible. So it was a combination of both, you know, and and credit to Steph, man, so much ball pressure. And you look at the attempts, right? Five threes. Okay. Not a lot for him. Uh, He makes three of those. So that's 60% from three and seven for 12 from the field. He gets... Obviously, 12 assists in this game. So, Steph is just, you know, you pressure him. You you don't let him get good looks. And he just remains efficient. He makes the right plays. Uh, he had three turnovers. But again, the ball pressure was really hard on him. Uh, throughout the first half so you know it was really just an amazing display of hey you're gonna take away good looks from me I'm gonna find some spots where I'm gonna knock these shots down and I'm gonna get everyone else involved you know he is such a threat whether he's scoring or not for 48 minutes or however long he's out there that you can't sleep on him no matter what you know but the Lakers have to do a much better job of rotating on defense. You cannot allow open threes against an elite three-point shooting team. You're not going to win that game unless you're banking on the fact that they're going to eventually have a bad shooting night, which is possible. Nobody's perfect from 3, night in and night out. I'm I'm still waiting for a bad shooting night from these Warriors. They shot 40% in game 1, they shot 50% in game 2 last night. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do in game 3. Uh, the good news for the Lakers is, obviously, they took home court advantage away, right? Because they won one on the road. Uh, next game's going to be at LA, obviously. Um, you know, Lakers have a chance to take some control. You know, if they win game three, it's a big step in the right direction. But I'm not going to be satisfied with a game three win. Because, like I've said before, they'll win a game and then they lose a game. And it's so predictable that they're so awful, the game after they win... I would be impressed if they win both of their home games, you know, and and the Warriors are not a team that you want to mess around with. So they have a golden opportunity to win both home games, right? And it's hard to win at Chase Center. So let's say you do win those two home games. Chances are Lakers are probably going to lose at Chase Center you know, which will make it a 3-2 series. And it'll force the Lakers to close out at home. And if they don't close game five at home or game six at their home floor, it's going to chase center for a game seven. Uh, and anything can happen. So this could really get out of hand for the Lakers. I predicted the Lakers would win this series in six games. I think that's their best chance. And like I said before, I still think that... If this, if this does go seven, I would have to see how the six games went to really pick a, a winner, right, uh, in that seventh game at Chase Center. So uh, one more thing about these Warriors, um, you know, they added, obviously, supposedly Kevon Looney had an illness before the game. So they played J. Michael Green, right, Which which really helped pull anthony davis out on a lot of defensive possessions because obviously they have more space that way you know j michael green not a not a lights out three-point shooter but he can make them, and he did he was three for six right 50 percent from three he was six for nine from the field i mean this is a guy that that he's not a great shooter but he's gonna make sure you guard him out there because he will knock them down if he's wide open. And he proved it last night. Um, it was a great... Uh, I don't know if it was on purpose. Or if maybe uh, they were capping about Looney's illness. Maybe it's true. Maybe Looney was feeling an illness. Um, but obviously that, that that switch up worked. You know. So I would not be surprised if they start the game. Uh, game 3 like that as well. Because it just allows more attacks to the rim. For the Golden State Warriors. It, it, it allows for more spacing. It really... Uh, makes the Lakers have to be smarter on defense because everyone's on an island at that point, you know, with that much spacing. So, you know, that's what I'll say about that. Uh, I think that Draymond just... Obviously, this was another one of those games where he shows just the great decision-making, the playmaking, you know, being able to rebound even though he's so undersized. Klay Thompson had a... I mean, this is the best I've seen Klay Thompson in these playoffs, okay? 11 for 18 from the field. 8 for 11 from 3, 30 points. I mean, like, you get a game like that from Clay, you better win it, right? Um, I expect the Lakers to win Game 3. I think that the crowd's going to be hyped. I think that the Lakers are just going to, you know, I don't know if they make an adjustment, right? Like, the only thing I would say adjustment-wise is maybe we just have to go taller, okay? Like, if they have J. Michael Green, again, at, at, you know, running out there in their starting lineup, I say you go... You know, don't go offense for offense, in my opinion, because like we saw in this game, it's just not going to work. You can't play the Warriors at their game. Many teams have tried. Many teams have failed. Uh, The Kings who were the greatest imitation of the Warriors um, since the Rockets, right? With James Harden. um, They did their best and took it to seven games, but the Warriors just won that battle, right? Part of that was experience. Part of that was because of injuries. But the Warriors are the best at what they do right ball movement pace and space good shot taking tough shot making and the the Lakers can't fall in that trap use what you're good at you're taller you're more athletic you 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 defend better just double down on that double down on your strengths go down with your just go down with the, with the bullets you have in the chamber right like i say start hachimura you know, start, obviously, with a bigger lineup. You know, I know it might not be a great three-point shooting lineup if you have Vanderbilt, Hachimura, uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and D'Angelo Russell. Might not be the most spaciest of lineups. But again, you're getting better looks at the rim. You're more versatile on defense. You're, you know, you're just, you're just a little more capable of covering ground with a lineup like that. You know, you, you put Austin Reeves in this game, and Austin Reeves hasn't been great recently so you know obviously he was really good in the first series uh in this game didn't really see too much of of austin reeves you know and and rightfully so he had a bad game three for 11 you know one for five from three just kind of struggling in this type of high speed game so you know i'm just gonna say double down on the size for the lakers double down on your ability to defend don't go so far as to just try to match offense for offense because i just don't think that's gonna work out um, you know pound it inside play the old school way that's that's what helps you guys win your games um, that's gonna do it for this episode this is the all things basketball podcast I'm your host Vic Lopez as always and I'll catch you guys on the next one